You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts Q and J as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... Honestly, knowing the Snyder effect, the movie will probably open on Superman. Because (laughs) all Zack Snyder movies are literally just two hours of him shooting his wad way too early for the entirety of the film. And that's exactly what it is. So he's going to do the big Superman reveal right at the beginning. (laughs) beginning. And they're going to struggle to make something work for the last battle. The last (laughs) battle will probably also happen at about the 30 to 45 minute mark. And then the last the last last half of the movie is just going to be them like... Oh, now <laughs> here's another we're smaller gonna, bad guy. They're gonna, gonna fight. fight, and then they're gonna realize all five of their mother's names are Martha. That's what brings them together <laughs> yeah. at the end. They're Martha, all gonna be like Martha, 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 Martha. Martha. <laughs> that was Aqua. That was Aquaman. <laughs> and they're like, now we have to be friends, right? Justice League, unite. Justice. What should we call ourselves? The Justice Friends. <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink. You guys remember that cartoon series? The super justice for I'm trying to pay homage to the fans. Fan service. Yeah. That's what Zack Snyder's saying. He's like, uh, you think that's subtle enough? <laughs> it's funny how Zack Snyder's Easter eggs are basically like uh, hairy snowballs from Dumb and Dumber. It's not like a hidden Easter egg. No. He just chunks it at your, In your face, face. And he's like, and did bre- you get it? And breaks your nose. And you're did like, you? yeah, I still have yolk in my eyes. Yeah. Thanks a lot, yeah. Zach. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm not sure you understand innuendo or subtlety <laughs> or anything like that. You're just like blatantly just like, hey, wink, wink. <laughs> the S is not it's, in my culture. It doesn't stand for super. It stands for subtle. <laughs> it's a giant emblazoned S that stands for, for subtle. subtle. Yeah, that was it. That's how it's Snyder a, rolls. It's about as subtle as those uh, picture labels on Lex Luthor's files <laughs> for each of the Justice League <laughs> me- how members. Dumb. <laughs> right. How the fuck? Be like, that's dumb. weird that Lex had some like a graphic designer <laughs> make logos for each of these super people. That's weird. Oh man! That, but that's the—that's what he does. That's exactly what he does. So, like I said, uh, that's my prediction. It's <laughs> just gonna be a two hours of him being like, "Get it, <laughs> get it." It's a justice, and they're a league. <laughs> right? Uh, Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Also, uh, look at this amazingly skimpy outfit and these oiled-up dudes. Right, right. <laughs> Check this shit out. It's just two hours of watching Ben Affleck flip a tire over and over. <laughs> just, like, bare-chested for no reason. Zach, we need to have him do something other than continually flip this tire. Can he make out with Jason Momoa? <laughs> Definitely. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's going to bring it. We're bringing in the Magic Mike crowd. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. Oh, that's uh, actually what it is. Justice League XXL <laughs> Magic Mike secret sequel. That's real in right now for them to it do is. like secret sequels. Actually, it's going to be uh, uh, Justice League colon X triple XXL and Vin Diesel's going to be in it too. <laughs> the return of Xander yeah. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> so Vin Diesel's going to make an appearance. Um, Channing Tatum's going to make an appearance. Joe Montelaglio is going to make an appearance before he play, makes an appearance in the as Deathstroke in the Batman movie that's probably never going to get made at this Amazing. point. Did you hear about that, by the way? Speaking of, uh, so that many... Affleck entered rehab? Yeah. 
and they were talking about maybe that's why he actually stepped back from the directing gig yep. and all that jazz. I did hear about that one. Well, and there's actually an issue with Joe Montegallus as Deathstroke, and there's an issue with him in there now. Like, and now Matt Reeves is going to direct the Batman again. Yeah, yeah, he's back in apparently again. I don't know. I, I was excited about that movie, and they day by day. Now I just don't. Care. I just I feel like that's that movie is just as dead as Republican health care. Like that is just <laughs> I it's saw, just hard. I saw the best Batman movie, and it was the Lego Batman movie, which I cannot wait to see. It's I'm so very good. excited. It's to super see funny, it. man. I, I highly recommend it. I can't wait. Um, you know who wasn't in the Lego Batman movie or the Justice League? Denzel Washington. That's right. <laughs> and it sounds weird that you said that as a segue, but it does sound weird that I said that as a segue. But it's not weird because uh we are actually talking today about Denzel Washington. Are we? We've never done this before on our on the show. We haven't. We where we're dedicating an entire episode to a single actor and then ranking their top five best films. I, I can't imagine a better and more sensually enticing actor to choose. I think than we're both equally as attracted Denzel Washington. to Denzel Washington. Yeah. So that he was the perfect choice. I love it. Let's high five um, about it. I think we should. Let's but let's high five in the way that Denzel Washington would high five. How's that? I don't know. It's just regular. All right, high here five. we go. You ready? Yeah. High five. High five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, high five. High five son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. That, was, that felt like a Denzel high five. Yeah, it did. That was really nice. I like that a lot. Uh, so, yeah. hey, Jay. Hey, Q. How are you? I, I'm doing good. You ready to talk about our love of the one and only Denzel Washington? M- my loins have been burning for a few days as a- I've been putting this list together. A.K.A. grown-up John Boyega? Yes, yes. You know what? That's giving John Boyega a lot of credit. Because even in Denzel's early days, he was an incredible actor. I agree. But I will also say, have you noticed how much they look alike? It's very... They do. He could... Like, I would... If they were to announce tomorrow a Denzel Washington biopic... They were going to be like starring Chris Rock. I'd be like, fuck you, first off. <laughs> Second off, cast John Boyega. That would be great. And honestly, in a Denzel Washington biopic would be great because John Boyega could play Denzel Washington. And then part of the movie would be him playing Malcolm X in a biopic. So it's a biopic within a biopic. And then someone can make a movie about fuck. the making of that movie. So it's a movie... And then Chris Rock could play actually the guy who plays Chris Rock in Everybody Hates Chris, that kid. Uh, he could play John Boyega playing Denzel Washington playing Malcolm, Malcolm X. Somebody quick get uh, Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones agents on the phone yes. because have I got their yes. next movie? Uh, I think it's called Denzel Synecdote Denzel. <laughs> That's what, that's what that's called. I like it. I'm very interested in watching being that film. Being Denzel Boyega. <laughs> Honestly, what? a follow-up to being John Malkovich with its being Denzel would be great because half of being John Malkovich is just them realizing how weird he is and Fuck. how much his life is terrible, but no one would ever leave that room if it was Denzel. If we wanted to go even crazier, so let's let's posit this being Denzel movie. What if it was John Boyega playing John Boyega, finding a passageway into Denzel Washington's head and just becoming Denzel Washington? Slowly? Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking Denception. <laughs> it's a Denzel within a Denzel within Den-side a Denzel. man? <laughs> That's that's a reference to Denzel. Uh, that was good. I don't think I have any more. The Denissance? 
Denzel on fire? No. Nope. Dins and Tide? <laughs> Dennis and Kane? <laughs> now we're just reaching. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus and the Technicolor Dream Dins? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Den- Jesus Christ Washington Denzel star? Denzel Wonka's Chocolate Factory? <laughs> I would totally watch. Den- Denzel Wonka? Denzel Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Because I can only imagine... Starring cra- R. Kelly. The crazy-ass shit that would be in that factory. Fucking soundtrack by R. Kelly. The thing about it is he would be playing like the Malcolm X character, so everything would be slightly racist in his opinion. Like, chocolate moat. Why's it gotta be a chocolate moat? Why can't it be... Talking about why can't it be a licorice mode? Why can't it be white chocolate that we sail upon? <laughs> <laughs> Let the black man's ships sail upon the sea of white chocolate. I'll tell you one thing that the scene that was that pretty would good. Be, that was me that was auditioning actually. for the next remake of Malcolm X. A scene that would be so much better in Denzel Wonka's chocolate factory is when they're going through the tunnel mm-hmm. and he's like kind of word wrapping. Yeah, faster and faster. And faster and thrasher and down, I don't know the words, but <laughs> like that scene would be so great because he can give monologues like nobody's business. He's a monologuing motherfucker. He he is. Um, can I tell you how hard it was to put this list together? Please do. Like we've decided to do an actor, and we threw out a bunch of names, and obviously our our joint passion for Denzel Washington and our desire to marry him sure uh, trumped all the others. Yes, and so we decided to do Denzel. And I was sitting down. I was like, okay, well, just the first like five or six movies that come to mind that I love from Denzel Washington, and I rattled off like fifteen. Uh, so that was a not good. <laughs> that is what you did. That was weird. So it's not good, like, just immediately. And then I was like, Jesus Christ, the dude has starred as a lead role in something like 45, 47 films, and he's never bad. Nope. Like, that's a problem when you're trying to rank a top five. Like, there are movies where he's in it more, and there's movies where he's in it less, but he's always great. So I really had a tough time nailing it down. Even in movies that are bad— and I'll just like Book of Eli or Deja Vu or Fallen or, you know, some of those like he's really good in those. Yeah. So when you start to kind of narrow down the performances. But it, see, that's why really hard. that's why we busted into you. Like you said, that's why we decided. And I think we can mutually agree that on our list, these are going to be lists not full of the best movies, but full of the best Denzel. Right. That's how I, you know, I can't say how you put your list together, but for me, when I was ranking these, they were my favorite Denzel Washington performances. When I, Not so much the movie is awesome. A lot of them are. Let me put that out there. Right. But his performance. These are the top five Denzel performances. I'm going to foreshadow my list a little bit in, in simply saying, I feel like, much like the seasons, there are different Denzels. Oh my goodness. In almost every movie, he's different. And so, I feel like there are... Five different types of Denzel. And so I have, lay ran- on me, I, have brother. I have ranked them in my movie on my list. I can't lay it on you right now. But I will tell you which Denzel we are talking about. Okay. I love this. When I, did I not do this. When I when I list my movies. I tried to get quintessentially a sampling of each Denzel. I like that. So being Denzel. Yes, right. It's, it's, I tried to go super meta do with it. Do you think the times when Denzel 
was being a completely different character. He was like inhabited by like Marlon Brando for one and Daniel Day Lewis for another and John Boyega for another and then Samuel L. Jackson for one. I do. I cool. do. Yeah. So there is a door into somewhere Denzel's in this world head. that goes into Denzel's head. Yes. And, and well, it's actually right next to the one that goes into John Malkovich's <laughs> head, which sometimes can be very confusing. <laughs> like they look very similar. <laughs> You walk into one and you're like, wait, is this Con Air or Glory? Right. <laughs> you don't You don't know you what you're going to get. You don't know. You don't know. You have no you idea. Know. You don't know. Um, so what do you think makes Denzel so good? Like, why Why was he so easy to go? How long do you have? We've got as long. This is a podcast. We've That's got right. as long as we want. An indefinite amount of time. Uh, all right. So for me, here's what makes Denzel Denzel. Okay. Denzel is one of the only actors that I think as a movie fan, mm-hmm. one one of the few, I won't say one of the only, but I would say one of a short list of actors who, although I am always aware that I am watching Denzel, it does not matter to me. Yeah. I know we've talked about it before in some of our movie discussions. Sometimes that can really take me out of a movie Mm -hmm. when they do a big name casting in a movie. Right. It can pull me out of it if I'm trying to invest in a character and I'm like, oh, that's just Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, James Franco's in this. Right. You know, just being him. Yeah. You know, just Francoing around. I think Seth Rogen sort of falls into that category for me. Like, even though I like Seth Rogen movies, I don't want to say he's typecast, but I think he's smartly only portrays the same types of characters because if he were in say like the master right or a you know my left foot i would never be able to look back past no. the fact of <laughs> right you'd be like oh that's seth rogan yeah here's seth rogan being in exactly this philip seymour hoffman movie and i love um like sausage party let me put yeah. that out there i loved that film last year oh you like the movie yes. i just thought you yeah. meant like the act of Sausage parties, lemon parties, you name it. I'm I'm just into it. But no, like even with the movie Sausage Party, I really enjoyed it and I thought it was great. It had a great point. But uh, the whole time was like that, Seth Rogen. Right. And that's that's my point is that there are certain actors that I, although I love them, they immediately pull me out of watching a movie because I'm like, oh, I'm just watching this. Denzel falls into this weird category for me that even though I am astutely aware that mm-hmm. it's Denzel Washington, he sells me on whatever character he's mm-hmm. playing. And I'm not saying he's portraying it like a Daniel Day-Lewis where he's right. just so lost in the character. Right, or like a Joaquin Phoenix or a Kevin right. Spacey. Like those, for me, I love those actors, but they do just They embody- disappear yes. into their characters. Mm-hmm. Denzel is always being yeah. a different type of Denzel, like I'm going to get to, <laughs> but he's always Denzel Washington. But one of the things- But I'm fine me- with it. One of the things for me, and I've never thought of it that way, but I think you're completely right. But even in that, the different colors of Denzel is his range yeah. is amazing. Yeah, because looking through his his repertoire of his filmography, you have like meek love interest Denzel. Yeah, you have like hardened general Denzel. You have villain. You have like loving, supportive per action hero Denzel. It's all over the place, but you're right. It's always Denzel, but 
just the range on that guy he is, is incredible. He is like the Mr. Potato Head of actors. <laughs> he really like you could put on his angry eyes. Yeah. You could put on his like sad you, loving eyes. And you believe it. You do. And you're just like still the same potato head, <laughs> just a different set of eyes. <laughs> and that's exactly how it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so yeah, so for me I think that's what makes Denzel one of my favorite actors is because even though I'm always astutely aware that it's Denzel it doesn't matter to right. me. I will watch any movie that Denzel Washington is in. I, I agree 100%. There are movies that I did not want to watch. I mentioned Book of Eli earlier. Yeah. If it had not been, if it had been anybody else. They were like Dave Chappelle. And it's like, <laughs> well, no, I might have seen that. Yeah, just because that seems like a weird yeah. ass premise. <laughs> Dave Chappelle in Book of Eli. Where he plays the blind <laughs> right. Bible-toting Martial artist. Yeah. He's blind because his glaucoma caught caught up to him. That's what happens. Um, But, no, I agree. But I watched that movie because of him and because of Gary Oldman. Sure. So I got to put that out there. Gary Oldman's another one. But he's one that disappears into a character. Totally. Um, Gary Oldman's one, and I might have mentioned this on the show before, I have had arguments with people over whether or not Gary Oldman is in the movie Hannibal. As the crippled guy yes, with his face. Yes, of course he is. It's him. But yeah, under all the makeup. Yeah. I mean, or he's, that he's Dracula. Yes. You know, in the Keanu Reeves, the, the famous Keanu Reeves-driven Dracula movie. One of the, I've had arguments with people like, no, that's totally not him. I'm like, that's why he's a great actor. Talk about him disappearing. Uh, have you ever seen Gary Oldman in the cinema classic Tiptoes? As uh, a dwarf? I have. It's Dwarf Gary Oldman. It is super weird. It's a terrible movie. But hey. But everybody, if you haven't seen this, it's tip, basically a, it's basically a prequel to the other sister with Giovanni Rubisi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's just actors telling a story of a family with some mentally and physically challenged siblings that shouldn't be focused on that are way too heavily yeah. focused. And on. I don't know. I, th- I feel like Gary Oldman pulled the equivalent of like blackface, except this one's like short legs. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? No, short, I just, I just made feet? that up. It is now. Little he's, knees. Yeah. He's just, he's just playing short leg. Yeah. And <laughs> instead of casting one of the plethora of amazing, amazingly right. talented, uh, little people. Come on, Warwick Davis could have been in that in a heartbeat. Fucking Peter Dinklage. Yeah. There's a million. Come on. But instead, they're like, let's cast fully, <laughs> fully normal-sized Gary Oldman, and we'll just dress him up like like a little person. The weird thing about that movie that a lot of people don't know is his understudy was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> Even weirder, they they just kept going with it. Yeah. They're just like, you know, black <laughs> and seven and a half feet tall. They realized who's the who's the other guy in that movie? Is it uh, Matthew Kinnear? McConaughey? Oh, Matthew McConaughey. I was thinking Greg Kinnear. And Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. uh, But the. the Oh, Peter Dinklage is in that movie. (laughs) Never mind. Just not. He's playing a normal sized person, oddly enough. enough. The weird thing is when the scenes between uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Peter Dinklage, you can see the apple crates under Peter Dinklage, which is why they had to. No, they just did that whole forced perspective, like (laughs) The Hobbit, where they just had one of them stand really far away from the other one. So it just looks like they're the same size. In the Kareem Abdul Jabbar versions, you can see street signs in between (laughs) because they're three blocks away. (laughs) Just to make it even. Out, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, man, I don't even remember what we're talking nope. about. That Denzel. was amazing. Oh, that's right, playing Denzel, a little person, Denzel Washington. Oh, did we even introduce what the show is? Yeah, I mean, we t- <laughs> kind of we said we, our names, yeah. <laughs> 
well, I'm Q and this is Jay. Welcome to High Five the Podcast. We and that's what Denzel does to us, though. It he distracts us so much that nothing else even matters. That's we right. just focus on the Washington. We we uh, we're doing an episode of top five Denzel Washington movies. Damn right we are because it's fucking Denzel. And and uh, based on some of our previous episodes, you know what I'm not gonna do today. I'm not going to give any honorable mentions. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> I'm going to give some at the end. Perfect. But I'm going to not give any right now because I, I literally struggled. And there are probably six or seven that are on well, my course. honorable mention list out of the 47 because, like movies he's been on. The truth is there are no bad Denzel performances, only bad Denzel movies. Yes. You know and I mean? some of them are not good. Like. I will put that out there. Like, I'm not a purist and say, well, everything he touches is gold. Right. There are bad movies that star Denzel Washington. Sure. But Denzel Washington is pretty solid yeah. in all of them. Like, you're not going to watch one of those movies and go, you know what the real problem with this movie was? Denzel. Yeah. It's always going to be like, you know what the problem was? <laughs> no fucking story. <laughs> right. Or Russell Crowe. Or virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's going to be the problem. It's not going to be like, you know, Denzel just didn't fucking, he really he phoned it in. did not deliver. He never phones it in. Did you see that amazing speech that he gave? Uh-uh. Uh, man, I forget which awards show it was. But he gave, uh, this was probably. The Tonys? Uh, was it? I no. Was I don't it the know. Razzies? I don't know. <laughs> no, definitely what, Denzel's never been to the Razzies. Come the, on. Was it the Addies? It was. Um, he gave this amazing speech about basically like just staying true to yourself and never giving up and like continuing to work. Like he was like, you know, I work, I show up to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, this is a job that I have and I show up and when I show up, I'm there to do my job to the best of my ability. He's like, and unfortunately you do have some people out there who, you know, are just there to cash a paycheck and they could give, they could give a shit. Yeah. And he was like, but I'm here to work and I've all, I'm always working. It doesn't matter if I'm showing up to a, you know, $100,000 movie or if I'm showing up to a multi-million dollar blockbuster. Yeah. I'm I'm bringing the same Denzel, well, maybe a different version <laughs> of Denzel, maybe Angry Eyes Denzel to right. that movie, but he's given the same level of performance. Yeah, he's done the research. No matter he's, what. He knows his lines. Um, I didn't hear that speech, but I did see him do something similar with the Stranger Things cast. Mm. Did you see mm. that? Where he like they were on that. the red carpet and they like he like came up behind them and was like, "Hey!" And they're like, "Oh my God, you're such a hero!" And like you know, and I think the reporter was like, "What advice do you have to give these young actors?" And he basically said that exact same thing. He's yeah. like, "No matter what you do, always come to work. Like always be the most prepared person in the room. Don't slouch. Don't." Like try and ride your popularity. Come to work. Like that's what I've always done. So I, I, I don't know what award show awesome. he did, but and every time I see that, I'm just like fucking class act. Denzel he, is a fucking class act. Well, and he really is. And before we get into our list, like we can talk about him as a person a yeah. little bit yeah, because yeah. let's do it. You know, he did not have like the super best upbringing. Like he had, you know, a family that that loved him. I think his parents got divorced and he ended up moving around a lot. He, you know, got sent to a prep school because he was running with a really bad crowd, which he has acknowledged. Sure. And then, you know, during his prep school days, he was really, really involved. He basically grew up in the Boys and Girls Club of America. Like, though, that was his his friends and his after school activities. He grew up in it. And nowadays he's an extremely ardent 
supporter of Boys and Girls Club of America because he knows how much of a difference it made for him. And so to have someone not come from a family of actors, not come from, you know, won an audition on a television show or anything like that is someone who worked their ass off from the beginning is I think kind of bleeds into that work ethic that he has now. I mean, hell he starred, helped adapt and directed fences, which got nominated for a ton of awards. Now let me preface that's not on my list. It might should be, but I haven't seen it. So I do want to pref- throw that out there just for my list alone. Sure, sure, sure. Because I don't want anyone to like tweet at us and be like, Fences should have been number one. I haven't seen it, so I can't attest to that. Pro or con. I've well, heard he's fantastic in it. I haven't seen it either. Uh, it is in my queue currently to mm. watch. Oh, me too. Uh, but it does look amazing. And yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, like, I don't know, separates. There are certain actors that hold a, a level of echelon in my mind that very few inhabit. You know what I mean? And they're they're solid performers. They're a class acts. And they're people that I just kind of revere. They are right. true Hollywood royalty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I consider Denzel to be kind of one of the last vestiges of mm. legitimate Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Like a real, like, Denzel is a fucking, like, A-class actor, personality. You know, when, when human. I think of golden Hollywood... Yeah, he's one of those guys. You know what I mean? He's up there with like your Jack Nicholson's, you know, yeah. people that you're just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. like these guys are going to be these are legends. You know what I mean? And let me add a little caveat to that, though, is when I think of Jack Nicholson, I don't necessarily think of him being an extremely charitable or nice human being. No, but Denzel takes it a step further. Absolutely. By, by just being, being a fucking good person. Yes. Because and I'm not I'm not disparaging Jack Nicholson. I've never met him. Sure. I do not know. He does not. No, come yes, you on. are. Let's be honest, Jay. You're <laughs> throwing down the gauntlet. You're like fuck Jack Nicholson. I will fight him in the street <laughs> right now. No, I, I I you know I don't know anything about him. Sure. Let me put that out there. So he could be the nicest person in the world. I do not believe that's the case. <laughs> like, but let me just say that completely unfounded. <laughs> I just, just don't just, feel just that that don't. is true. Well, anyone who starred in Wolf. It's not, not a good person. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way about, uh, man, what's that guy? The guy's name, the bat, the voice of Ultron from Age of Ultron. <laughs> uh, fucking, uh, what? Uh, keep Agent Smith? S- no, no. Uh, yeah. He, Hugo Weaving. No. He's the voice of. He is oh, not, not the, Ultron. Yeah. I'm thinking fucking, what's his name? You're thinking from Transformers. Transformers. I'm thinking, I'm talking James Spader. The, James Spader. He was also in Wolf. Don't think he's a nice guy in real life either. <laughs> I'm just thinking like Demi Moore's in that movie. Not a nice person in real life. I can't believe it. Uh, Amazing. But Denzel Washington, I do know from interviews, from things I've read, that he is an extremely charitable and nice and good human being. So he even takes that next step to me. And it, someone who's treading in his footsteps, I think, possibly could be a Matt Damon. You know? I think okay. he is an extremely nice, Well, Jimmy Kimmel good, would. Beg to differ. He would. And I can't say that everything Matt Damon has been in has been gold. You know, I, I reference... We bought a zoo. <laughs> we bought a zoo and stuck on you. Right. Uh, like, heavily in that in that category. But as, you know, a person who works hard, a person who comes prepared, a person who does not live for the fame and popularity of, you know, tabloid magazines and, sure. and the rumors, and who is a good person. I of very course. much believe he's in that category. Absolutely. And people can do bad movies and I don't begrudge them that if they are a hard worker. Oh, definitely. Now, 
I 100% agree. Denzel, on the other hand, has never been bad, which nope. makes <laughs> picking a top five incredibly difficult. And that's what I'm saying. So I say we've we've talked about Denzel. We've hyped Denzel. Now let's honor Denzel with our lists. So would you, Jay, please start us off with your number five? I would be happy to. My number five is Man on Fire. Nice. So uh, uh, the 2004 Man on Fire. Yeah. Oh, not, I, know, I know which one you're well, referencing. I, I'm not referencing the remake, the, the original from 1987. Right. Um, directed by Tony Scott. One of many collaborations that yep. uh, Denzel would have with Tony Scott. Um, I I think you mentioned Deja Vu earlier. I did. Uh, Equalized. No, that's Anton Fuqua. Um, there's a couple more. That, oh, uh, did, he, uh, did Tony Scott do Virtuosity? Maybe I don't think so. I, he might have done um, Unstoppable. I think he did Unstoppable. Uh, yep, you're right. Um, and then maybe The Inside Man. No, that did, was a Spike Lee joint. That, that was. He's yeah. done a lot. Spike Lee and Tony Scott are like his best friends. Yeah. Because he's been in a shit ton of both of their films. And Anton Fuqua. He's, he's sort of like jumping around like with a Wes Anderson crew. Yeah. Except he's jumping around with a bunch of different directors. He's the friends with a bunch of directors like Johnny Depp and Tim Burton are friends. Um, but anyway, Man on Fire, I remember, and a lot of people will begrudge the overall quality of this movie or how much it, you know, it, uh, stylizes and is, has a nihilistic view of violence. Sure. Um, but for me, it, it came out at a time where I was really susceptible to that type of violence. I love revenge movies when they're done well. Of course. And I love movies where someone is dedicated to doing the right thing no matter what. Sure. And, uh, and I love redemption stories and that it kind of had all of those, um, his performance in that movie, in my opinion is incredible. I love every scene with him and Christopher Walken. Um, and I do remember most, I read that most of the scenes between him and Christopher Walken were completely improvised. Yep. That they would mess each other up on set and then just keep going on whatever vein they were How talking about. How amazing would that be? Oh, to Just to watch? Yeah. Just to, to like be there with some popcorn and just like watch Christopher Walken and Denzel Washington just, just interact just with each riff. other. Yeah. I mean, and then I always... Let's, let's, let's hear that. how that would sound. <laughs> Can you be Denzel? Sure. Okay. You ready to be Denzel? Uh, Denzel, I'm really glad I got to do... This movie with you, uh, I think you're great. So let's, let's have a little moment here. You're going to bring the money that I need to me. Otherwise, I'm going to have you killed. Chris. <laughs> uh-huh. No. <laughs> I don't do a good Denzel, Chris. Oh. Wow, um, never had somebody say no. You're gonna have to die. Get off my plane. <laughs> and <laughs> scene. That's I'm not beautiful. good at Denzel. I like that. I, I'm not a good accent no, for Denzel. I, uh, oh, were you? Oh, I I was just convinced. You just had your eyes closed, Denzel. I love it there for I, a minute. Um, so that was good. I can get on board for that. All right. Um, so Christopher Walken's leaving. Thanks, Chris. I yeah. appreciate you stopping by. <laughs> high five as usual. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Did you hear him walk off? That was I nuts. I did. Um, but 
obviously the the Christopher Walken. There's something about that movie, just the way that it's paced. I love the frenetic directing style of Tony Scott. I think it plays really well for that story. But I always come back to the Christopher Walken line when someone's talking to him about John Creasy, and he says, "You know, some people paint with food, and some people paint with art. Creasy's medium is death." And that, and he's about to create. He's about to paint his masterpiece. And I just like every time I watch the movie, I just want to throw popcorn up in the air and like dance around in this revelation. That is so amazing. That is the baddest ass of baddest (laughs) ass lines. And say what you will about the movie or or the just what it stands for. Denzel is incredible in it. To start off as this broken man. And to find a purpose and then to have that purpose taken away from you and to watch him say, almost go like full taken, like full, he goes yeah. full Neesom sure. in the movie. And he shoves a grenade up a dude's ass, Yep, which is incredible. Like the scenes in the nightclubs are just harrowing. And to watch him sort of uncover this kidnapping ring sure. in Mexico City yep. is enthralling to watch. And the intensity that he has, that he and he doesn't overplay it. And that's the thing is, you could easily overplay that character and make it really hammy, or make it really, uh, as I'll call it, Van Damme or Stallone. Oh, I agree, definitely. And he does and not he didn't. do that. He doesn't even rely that much on his physicality. He's a fantastic marksman and he's a great fighter, but he just ha- oozes this confidence that you believe through every frame of the movie. Sure, and I then. Uh, you know, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, it's you know been thirteen years. So shut up. Like when he sacrifices himself at the end. Yep. It like I get choked. I don't cry, but I get choked up every single time. Especially when Dakota's fan is like crying of after course. him, and you know he's like, "I have to do this. You're more important than me in this regard." Yep. And he just walks across. He that fulfills bridge. his life's purpose. Yep. <clears throat> and he, he saves he saves that little girl and it's it's just beautiful to me. Yep. Um I did read an interesting a uh, couple interesting tidbits about this movie is one Denzel was sort of cast by accidental circumstance. Okay. He ran into Tony Scott in a doctor's office waiting room and they just started chatting cuz they had worked together on Crimson Tide. Sure. And Tony Scott had seen Dakota Fanning and I am Sam the night before. And was thinking of his next project, which he was going to remake the 1987 A Man on Fire. And was like, I'm going to make these two work together. And Amazing. That's, that's, that's how he got cast. Amazing. And then also, while they were filming, police informed Tony Scott that him and the crew had been targeted for kidnapping in uh, Mexico City. Amazing. And many of the crew got held up at gunpoint throughout the course of the film, like in real life. Which is sort of very ironic considering what the story of the plot line of the movie is. So those two things jumped out at me as as really interesting tidbits about it. I love that. I think that's kind of awesome. Yeah. I think that's way awesome. I think that's a really awesome number five. It's a good way to start, I think. It's a good good Denzel lead-in. Just a really strong, revenge-driven, badass Denzel. Yeah. It's a good Dens. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so from that, I'll actually move to a different Denzel to okay. use your lingo. Perfect. I is the more professional driven, um, meek Denzel, at least to start 
in my number four is Philadelphia. Philadelphia. From 1993. AIDS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is uh, the subtitle. Philadelphia colon AIDS. AIDS. Um, I... This is actually one, originally supposed to be Philadelphia colon full-blown AIDS. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, this is another one of those movies where, you know, say what you will about how the film plays today. Right. A lot of people say it's like, oh, it's overhyped, you know, kind of liberal nonsense. Sure. Um, but it's a beautiful movie. And the fact that you kind of watch Denzel's homophobic lawyer right. take this really subtle journey through the course of this trial with Tom Hanks's character, the way that he plays him is is magnifying. Like you can't look away, and the, the, obviously the movie is made in a way. You know, Jonathan Demme directed it in a way where he wants to tug at your heartstrings. He wants right. you to feel for these characters. But I almost feel like the conduit to the entire story is Denzel Washington. Oh, I totally agree. I feel like that's the that's the audience's in. Yeah. And it could be really easy for him to, you know, start the movie as this overblown homophobic uh goof. Full full blown. Full blown. Okay. Full homophobic. A full blown douchebag. Sort of like the beginning of when Chuck married Larry or whatever that you know Adam oh, Sandler. Fuck that movie, man. but I mean, like the beginning yes. of that is just this overhyped homophobia. Of course, and then near the end, they learn their. They're lesson. like really selling the yes. fact that they're homophobic. Like, they could, oh, by the way, I love tits and beer and football, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, like, he could have easily been that guy. And then at the end, he could have been like, well, my arc is going to be this really homophobic dude. And then at the end, he's like making out with a dude. Like, <laughs> it could have been that type he of He starts arc. out being unable to pee with other men in the restroom because he <laughs> might catch a glimpse right. of a dick and he doesn't want to be a homo. And then no, it sorry. ends with him just having a dick in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. He just, the beginning of the movie, he's just peeing in airport water fountains. Last <laughs> last scene is someone peeing in his mouth. Right. <laughs> it's it's a great bookend. Yeah, it's like a Spike really, It's like a Spike really, Lee joint. You know what? He always I uses the bookends. I love Rent too. I mean Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it really is to watch him sort of just be a realistic guy who has doubts about a lifestyle to end, and where it really doesn't feel that big of a difference, but it his heart is different. And that sounds really sappy and sentimental to say, but you know anyone who's sounds watched, really gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to end where he does, where it's just this honest understanding and acceptance, sure, is a is a great journey, and you I know agree. it's a great court movie. It's a great you know everyone in the movie is fantastic. I mean, from Tom Hanks to Antonio Banderas to you know to the. Mr. Washington. And at the time, I will say, you know, all jokes aside, um, at the time that that movie came out, there wasn't really a lot addressing homophobia in America. And I feel like that movie kind of really tackled that subject and tackled the taboo that people weren't really talking about, which was yeah. the AIDS epidemic, A. But also, you know, this very, like, underlying current in the United States of this non-acceptance, you know what I mean? Right. And so I feel like in today's time, it's a little more prevalent, you know, people are vocally, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in support of the LGBTQ community right. community, 
But at the time, that was definitely the minority yeah. of people. Um, well, this movie, that movie came out even before Clinton established Don't uh, don't, don't Ask, ask don't, don't Tell, tell. Yeah. which is why it was a big deal in the movie when Tom Hanks and Antonio Banderas, Antonio Banderas were dressed as army men or right. as lieutenants at the Halloween party right. because they were not accepted in the military at that point. And I think Don't Ask, Don't Tell got it announced that same year or the year after this movie came out. So it was right around the same time, but like it was, it was a really, really big deal. And so I think there's a lot of people who credit this movie with really bringing the conversation to the mainstream and giving someone sort of a landmark to say, this is sort of what we're fighting against. You know, this is now in the open. Right. And so it was sort of a landmark movie in that regard. But I mean, Denzel, carries that movie it, it would be easy to feel overly overly saccharine towards tom hanks's character and it just be this sad sad on golden pond type movie about him sure of course but Denz, that denzel is a smart role because he's the conduit into it so you sort of look through his eyes on everything that's going on and it gives you that perspective that's really necessary for that story absolutely agreed so I, I love it. I, I also, have, I mean, I'm glad Denzel has that role sure. because originally they wanted to cast a comedic actor. Like it was going to be Bill Murray or Robin Williams. I thought you were going to be like Richard Pryor. <laughs> no. In no. Philadelphia. It wasn't, it was supposed to be an Italian American guy. Denzel Washington. They changed the part for Denzel Washington because he did it so well. But yeah, they wanted a comedic actor who could play dramatic to play off of Tom Hanks's kind of wholesome good boy reputation in America at the time. Sure. And when Denzel read for the part, they basically changed the whole thing so he could do it. So they changed his characters like heritage and lineage and name. So he could really become that person. And it, and it played, it played really, really well. And him and Tom Hanks are great opposite each other. Um, I did read a story about, uh, because Tom Hanks had to lose so much weight for the movie they made Denzel Washington bulk up a little bit, like and eat and get a little bit bigger to make Tom Hanks's change look even worse. Really? And so Denzel would eat chocolate bars on set in front of Tom Hanks to bother him because <laughs> he was eating nothing. Amazing. And he was like, nom, nom, it's so good. Don't you wish you could have this? And That's he would so like fuck with him on set. Amazing. So, so remember when we were saying that Denzel's a really good person? Yeah. <laughs> Turns yeah. out he's not. He's a big asshole. <laughs> He, but he's a hilarious asshole. That's true. So, uh, but yeah, that's solid number four. So you're off to a good start, man. I dig both your number yeah. five and four. Um, and my number three, I'm actually going to put out here, and it might surprise some people that it's this high up on the list, um, because a lot of people that I know haven't even seen it. Um, okay. But but I very much recommend it. But it's Spike Lee movie called Mo Better Blues. Oh fuck yeah! You've seen it? Oh yeah. How good is he in that it movie? It is very good. It is damn near a masterpiece. Yep. Okay, for people who don't know, yeah, give us the Mo rundown. Better Blues is about the life and career of a jazz trumpetist yep. in New York City, played by Denzel Washington. It's New York, right? Uh, pretty, yes. Pretty sure. Um, Mo Better Blues is a phrase that the character of Den- Denzel Washington's character uses for sex. Um, and it's an idea that he has, is, you know, everything is blues and that's the best you can get. Um, but anyway, it's about, you know, him and Wesley Snipes and Spike Lee is actually in it. Um, John Totoro 
plays in it and is fantastic. Samuel L. Jackson makes an appearance in Giancarlo it. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, I was about to say Gus from Breaking yep. Bad plays Good old like Gus Fring. And man, he could not be more non-Gus in that movie. For anybody who's seen it, he plays like this crazy, energetic, life of the party piano player yep. in uh, Denzel Washington's band. Bleak. But it's really about just his career. I mean, I don't want to say there's not a plot because it he basically deals with an agent who is a gambling addict and is sort of ruining his career. But he sticks with them because he's dedicated to this music and it's sort of how he fucks up his relationships and his life in general and his career by being, you know, making the wrong decisions and not taking responsibility for his actions. The movie is huge on decisions and fate and, um, and just, you know, personal drive and dedication. Um, and just, you know, speaking about the movie, I love the way that it, bookended we talked earlier about you know movies that get bookended in certain ways sure and that movie ends with the exact same scene about 15 years apart same dialogue except for denzel washington characters lines right and he's playing at the beginning of the movie uh for for people who haven't seen it it's denzel washington's character as a child practicing his trumpet and his friends come to their apartment building it's like hey can he come out and play and the mom's like, no, he has to practice his trumpet. And then the dad freaks out and says, you know, he's going to grow up to be a wuss and he's going to be terrible and kind of berates right. him. And Denzel's character is so scared that he stays in his room and practices his trumpet. Sure. The end of the movie is Denzel, after basically fucking up his life, is now married with a kid and their son is practicing trumpet. And his friends come to the apartment building and say the exact lines of dialogue. Right. And the mom's like, no, he has to practice his trumpet. And Denzel, looking back at his life, wondering if things could have been different, decides, you know what? Let's let him make a decision and love him either way. What do you want to do? And he's like, I want to go play with my friends. He's like, you go play with your friends. And he's he's sort of like trying to change his right. own past. Yeah, which it's is just, awesome. It's great. Of course. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson breaks his face with a trumpet. With the trumpet. In yep. the movie, which yep. is amazing. Awesome. Um John Turturro plays a fantastic sleazy agent, of course, which is so good. Um, but again, I'm glad that you've seen it, and I would love to hear your take on it. But this is a movie that I don't think a lot of people have seen. Yeah, I'm a big Spike Lee fan, so I've yeah. I've seen just about all of Spike Lee's movies. Where's this rank for you on his spectrum? <sighs> um, I wouldn't say I would say out of like a top, out of a top five, this would probably be like five or six. Um, it's definitely not one of my favorite Spike Lee movies, right? Um, but I would definitely say that Bef- above or below Son of Sam. Uh, Son of Sam, I'm not a big fan of. So yeah, I, I'm a, I'm gonna agree I, with that. What I, about Do the Right Thing, I would say Do the Right Things up there. Um, I really, really, really like uh, She's Got to Have It. Yeah, I think that's a good movie. Uh, I really like Inside Man. It, you mean, know what I mean? It's it's, it's really it's, good. It's a good <laughs> flick. Um, it is really so good. There's a couple on here um, that I really like, um, but yeah, it's a good movie, and it's one of those that yeah, it's a it's a random movie. Yeah. A lot of people that I know haven't seen, yeah, Momentum or even Blues. heard of it, um, um, which is kind of scary. Uh, interesting thing about Spike Lee, and a lot of people have compared this movie 
to having a, a very Scorsese feel. Sure. Uh, this and Do the Right Thing get critiqued about that a lot. Did you know that Martin Scorsese taught Spike Lee directing at NYC Film School when he went? Really? Yeah. He was one of the professors or one of the guest professors and taught a directing class that Spike Lee was in. And he learned how to direct from Martin Scorsese. Interesting. So if for anyone who ever says Spike Lee's early films crib a lot from Scorsese, yeah, yeah, they do. So it's okay. Hmm. I did not know that. I genuinely did not know that. So what what about like did I not mention anything about Mo Better Blues or no, at least his performance no, in man, it that yeah, you his, want to bring up? His performance was awesome. Um I will say I just love um I feel like this was Denzel kind of being sleazy Denzel yeah. for the first time. He's like the too cool for school yeah, Denzel you don't, you don't making really, bad decisions, you don't riding really, the fame wave. You don't get that Denzel uh really at all around this time period. Mm-hmm. Denzel has always kind of been typecast as the hero mm-hmm. kind of character. So I really, really dig it when he gets these opportunities yeah. to play a little less than me or too. a little less or a little more seedy than me the average too. Joe. Me too. Uh, because I think Denzel is kind of one of those actors, like I said, who can pull off yeah. whatever. And it's fun to see him stretch his legs a little bit and do something different. It really is. And I love just, I, I encourage everyone to go watch it, but the mm-hmm. scene that always sticks out to me is when he's playing on stage at the club and both of his girlfriends come in the same night wearing the same dress yes. and watching his reactions yes. from the stage. I just love just the the subtleness of that situation where it should be almost sitcom-y. Sure. But it's played so well yeah. that it is funny, but it's also very heartfelt and serious. Of course. It's just kind of one of those master classes of that's how it should be done. I laugh, but I feel great and serious and very involved in it for him. Couldn't agree more. So, so so once again, that's awesome, man. I like your five through three. So roll back through. So yeah, sure. Number five was man on fire. Yep. Uh, Number four was Philadelphia and number three was Mobetta blues. Super dig it. I think that's pretty awesome, man. And yeah. I'm ready. I'm I'm excited to uh, kind of sit back and coalesce with you on my list. Let's do it. I talked a lot for mine, so I'm excited to hear yours. That's cool, man. I am very excited. Uh, so once again, Denzel, uh, one of my favorites. And just to reiterate, my movie may not. Con- I mean, my list may not contain the best Denzels, but I tried to get a sampling of the many faces of Denzel. Uh, and that was a big key to me. Um, so these are movies that I feel like epitomize different sides of Denzel. So my number five to start it off, my number five is fallen. Okay. Okay. I mentioned that earlier as not a great movie. Sorry. So here's the deal. No, no, no. It's totally fine. It's not a great Uh, movie. I know a lot of people don't like the movie. I like this movie, uh-huh. like, but I like it in a. This is kind of one of those movies for me that I will throw on in the background when right. I'm doing things, just because I enjoy the movie. Yeah. I really, really like the kind of pl- uh, the trick throughout the the plot line. Well, just to give the plot line for people who haven't seen this movie, basically the plot of Fallen is um, you have a detective played by uh, Den- Mr. Den- Mr. Denzel Washington. Um, basically, uh, he plays the detective Hobbs who, uh, is following what appears to be a string of copycat murderers following the execution of a serial killer. And the serial killer was played 
by... Elias Cateus. Okay, Elias Cateus. For some reason, I wanted to say Tom Sizemore. Nope, good old Casey Jones. <laughs> okay. Um, and turns out, through the process of this movie, that it's actually not a copycat killer, that it, that the serial killer was possessed by a demon, Azazel, yep. and that it is jumping from body to body yeah. throughout, I believe this is New York City. Yeah, it is. Um, Isn't our favorite John Goodman in that movie? Of course he is. Yeah, he is. Um, and uh, so Denzel Washington is battling a demon who inhabits different people's bodies throughout the movie. So basically it's a prequel to end of days. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Um, but what's crazy is they have this gimmick that they do throughout the movie, which I really love um, where the, the, uh, the killer Reese played by the great Elias Cateus before he is, or as he is executed, starts singing the time is on my side. Yes, it is. And they have this amazing scene where as the demon is jumping from person to person, everyone starts picking up verses of the song and like singing it. Yeah. And I don't know why I fucking love, maybe it's my love for musicals, but it, it was like the most real world way yeah. that a musical would ever happen. You like, must have really loved Jeepers Creepers then. I fucking did. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. Where'd you get them peepers? Um, but yeah, so I fucking loved that gimmick for some reason. Yeah. I was just like, I fucking love this. Like there's something so eerie that like you would see a character walk by and like brush up against another one. And then that person would like turn around and look at Denzel and start singing the song. Yeah. And you're just like, ew, like, that's <laughs> fucking weird and the, creepy. The thing about that movie and probably one of the reasons that it rubs me the wrong way is something I've mentioned on the show before is I loved the concept of that movie so well. And when I watched it, I thought it was just short of the bar I wanted it to hit. So it made me madder at the movie than I rightfully should have been. Right. Um, but I will say that that movie has one of the craziest final act twists of any Denzel movie. Which is, I'm going to give it out. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, go so for it. This at, is, this is a spoiler-full be- <laughs> podcast. At the beginning of the movie, it opens with this, or with a voiceover of Denzel saying, I'm going to tell you the story about how I almost died. And the movie proceeds to happen. And in the final battle, the demon eventually possesses Hobbs, so Denzel Washington's character, and is going to flee from this situation that has been trapped in. Uh, Denzel Washington has been poisoned, so he (laughs) dies. And the demon jumps into a cat yeah and the cat runs off and you are reminded of the voiceover from the beginning by denzel saying in a reveal that the voice you were hearing from the beginning is the demon azazel basically saying i told you i was going to tell you the story of how i almost died right i being azazel being azazel not not denzel washington i am speaking to you from a cat right from a cat but still with denzel washington and this runs right into then he meets alec baldwin and the story of cats and dogs starts right and that's it right there no it is you baby puppy who is (laughs) going to be possessed (laughs) (laughs) but that's exactly that's exactly what happens but I fucking love it. Like it's yeah. pulpy and it's stupid, but it's good. Like I Denzel's don't know something it. about it. I just like John I, Goodman's good in it. it they, Before definitely. they shoot him into space, what, definitely. 
Um, which doesn't happen in this movie. No. Just for all the listeners, don't watch no. this movie waiting for John the scene Goodman's where character John... dies and then they shoot his body. They into shoot space. right, yeah. which is just adds to the millions of space Goodmans just floating around. They're they're like asteroids. In space. They are. They just have to. That's a real concern that NASA has whenever they launch pieces of the International Space Station up into space. They're like, "Have you calculated for the Goodmans. the Goodmans, the Space Goodmans? Yeah. Um, we've got to make sure that we dodge those because <laughs> one gonna, a direct hit dent. from a Space Goodman that's millions of dollars. You know, that's I mean, how research and that's time. how the Final Four starts. It's not a solar flare. It's a, a Goodman fart. <laughs> <laughs> just gas being yeah. expelled from a space goodman's body. <laughs> it's like the butterfly effect. That is exactly with Ashton what Kutcher. happens. Um, but yeah, so this is the movie. Um, it was a bomb. Yeah, it uh, totally was. Budget of forty six million dollars, only made worldwide twenty five million dollars. Did it do better or worse than Deja Vu? It did worse. Okay, it did worse. This is one of one of a few movies that Denzel has under his belt that were technically box office bombs. Um, so once again, proving just because you got a good actor in it doesn't mean it's going to be a successful movie. Not always. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Now what's weird is, so it was at number three in the box office when it opened. Um, but then quickly just like, it was one of those where like the next week it dropped off like 75%. But see, that's what, a, that's what the Denzel name will get you is it'll get you a good opening weekend. Right. It'll get you that initial saying, no, draw. Don't right. go see that movie. Yeah, but then once, right, when people start talking to each other and they're like, oh, how was Fallen? And they're like, mm, maybe skip it. Yeah. Maybe not go see it in the theater. And maybe the, let's get rid of our office cat. Right. <laughs> it may be a demon. We probably shouldn't have named it as Azel. Um, so, but what's crazy is, so all of the reviews, and this plays into exactly what I was talking about. So this is uh, Thriller Hero Denzel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And in this one, everybody... Bash the movie, but praise Denzel's performance. So all of the reviews of the movie were like, uh, Denzel Washington has the almost impossible task of holding <laughs> together a convoluted picture. Uh, you know, and they said, uh, while Denzel is fantastic, the idea is better than the execution. <laughs> you know, say what I said. I really liked the concept of that movie, but when I watched it, I was just like. You're so close, and I'm so mad about this. Right. And as we know, that's a real problem. It for is you. for me. I It bothers me. So this is one of those moments where, once again, everybody agrees. They're like, well, Denzel's in it, and he was good. Yeah. But the rest of the movie wasn't great. Those are the exact reviews. I think they just copy like they control seed those reviews yeah. and then copy them into the Book of Eli reviews. It's like John Grisham wrote it, and he was just <laughs> like, he's yeah. pretty good. It's not great. But he's pretty good. But he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, I like that. So yeah. So that's my number five. So good. Good justification for it being on. Thank your list. you. Thank you. Thank you. So that and rules. I like the thriller st- actions or thriller star. Yeah, Denzel. action thriller. Action Denzel, thriller. Denzel, Denzel Washington. I love it. He's got. I want his, action figures of these. He's got his thriller eyes in. <laughs> uh, all right. So next up on my list is one that you're going to be familiar with. Yeah. Uh, it's my number four is Man on Fire. Hey. Yeah. High man. five. Goo. So, Man on Fire, all of the points that you said. Now, this is what I like to call Charles Bronson Denzel. Okay. Oh, uh, revenge. Right. Revenge, revenge mode yep. Denzel Washington. This is stone cold. I've seen some shit, Denzel. Yeah. That he just becomes, like you said, very what's been become popular as Liam Neeson in the Taken role. It is an, an originated, I like to say, the OG of that is Charlie Bronson. Of course. You know, sorry to divert us, I... 
would 110% watch a remake of Death Wish starring, starring Denzel, Denzel Washington. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. I would buy my ticket right now. Yeah. Like, Directed I, by Spike Lee or Anton Fuqua. I'm totally into it. 100% into it. Because I think um, something that, and you know, since we kind of talked to this movie, but I'll, I'll kind of add something else to it. Um, something Charles Bronson did while being a star of some pulpy kind of shitty movies. Did what, you say kind of? Let's just take that <laughs> word out of some, that statement. Some real shitty movies. <laughs> some pulpy shitty movies. Um, what he epitomized was the strong, silent kind of... I. I have a very specific set of right. skills, and I will fucking end your He life. was basically Clint Eastwood in a city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with with his fists yes. instead of, like, a gun. You Although he I mean? had a lot of guns. In those he did have a lot of guns. But it was a lot of just, like, this dude is a... He's, it was like Terminator pre-Terminator. Yeah. Like, once he was on your case, you're fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you are fucked. Still you can Rakano. run. You can hide. <laughs> But you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I felt like that's kind of how Denzel was in Man on Fire. Yep. Like, it was this very, like, it was a very John Wick moment where they're like, fuck, like, Creasy's coming. And like yeah. you said, with the fucking uh, Christopher that's Walken statement. line. With that line. Movie. And you're like, yeah, because that's who he is. Because he's just a fucking stone cold killer. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's just uber violent and all this. But. I to play into it again, where I think Denzel gave it layers, is he wasn't while he was a stone cold killer. Yes. He was a stone cold killer who didn't like being a stone cold yeah. killer. He wanted to be more. You know what I mean? But he struggled with the fact that this is who he, he wanted is. to be a stone cold creamery killer. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> that he is wanted correct. he wanted you to be able to decide if you wanted sprinkles, nuts, or murder. That's right. Man, that's fucking good. <laughs> I like that. Um but yeah, I mean, he was, he gave him conflict. He gave him inner conflict. You know what I mean? And that's something that, you know, Liam, I, oh shit, Liam Neeson's though. That's something that he doesn't do in Taken. In, yeah. Liam Neeson is just a cold, he's a badass. calculating badass. And he's a great badass. Totally. And, and, I, and I would fight you on, and I don't think you're saying this. No. Let, me, let me say this. I would fight you if you're saying Liam Neeson's not a good actor. No, 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 not at all. But those roles didn't call for that. And... Or and or the directing slash writing didn't sure. call for that, and that's what kind of elevates this movie. Mm-hmm. I think to me beyond just your typical Taken style thriller, right? In that it you do have a protagonist that is conflicted. Yeah. While yes, he is very capable of being a killing machine, which yeah. you witness throughout this movie. He's also conflicted, and I love, like you said, the end of this movie. Is just a beautiful, beautiful arc for his character yeah. because his character starts out wanting to be more than just this, and through the course of the movie finds his purpose that he feels so lost without, and at the very end of it is able to fulfill his purpose, which mm-hmm. is to die because the world holds no place yeah. for a John Creasy to live out his days. You know what I right. mean? Like he has a very singular purpose in life. He is a human tool. And yeah. I don't mean that in like the dudes that wear affliction shirts. <laughs> I just mean, I just mean like, although he could pull off an affliction. Totally. Shirt. I just mean that he is a tool. Like he yeah. is a gun. You yeah. know what I mean? And you just basically aimed and fired. Exactly. And he realizes that at the end. And that, that moment, like you yeah. said, where he's like the world 
needs you. There's no place for me. I think some of the best Denzel performances come out of characters that are conflicted or characters that are broken and are trying to find some sort of redemption. And Man on Fire definitely falls into that. I would say Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 falls into that. Totally. I would say Unstoppable falls into that. Totally. Flight falls into that. Absolutely. Even the new Magnificent Seven sort of falls into that. Some of those aren't great films. Some of them are. But when he is given a character that is conflicted and broken and finding a purpose, he can do marvelous things with it. Oh, I 100% agree. Absolutely. And so that is why... That earned its number four spot on my list. It's higher than mine. So All of your reasons and then some. Mm -hmm. So that rolls me into my number three. Now this one, we're getting up there. Because this is, now we're moving into movies that are just good on a good level. But they are also just damn good Denzel movies. And, or Denzel performances. And so my number three to start that list off is Flight. Let me say and ruin part of it that's not on my list okay that is one of my honorable mentions okay that's totally fair because damn he is good in that he is very fucking good in that movie and that's a zemeckis movie yep which is crazy so one of the only other uh, r-rated zemeckis movies since uh uh, car shit what the fuck was that christmas carol no 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 Man, I don't know. It, was a car, it was a car salesman movie. I can't remember now. I it's, forget. It's escaped my thought train. But Breakfast of Champions? That's it. No. <laughs> um, Flight. So this is one of those movies. What's weird is I, this is another one that I don't find a lot of people who've actually seen this yeah. movie. A lot of people were like, oh, I think I remember seeing it. And it, it had or a bunch of Oscar buzz, too. And still people missed it. Yeah. It, it was weird. It's it one of those. It just kind of flew under ah. everybody's radar. Did you see what I did there? Yeah. It did it fly upside down under people's right now? It sure did. Yeah. Um, so the concept of this movie is a pilot uh, named Whip, <laughs> uh, played by Denzel Washington. Uh, William Whip Whitaker um, is a troubled man, yeah. to say the least, and uh, basically lands a... a aircraft that is failing in the sky yeah. and manages to save a lot of people which is ironic because is this movie based off the sully sullenberger story and then they ended up making sully with tom hanks like two years later i think this one actually predated sully sullenberger the movie predated what happened with yeah because this movie came out in 2012 okay um let's here you can talk about the movie okay. i'll look up the sully sullenberger um but so basically, uh, long story short, um, nope, you're, you're right. It was 2009. Yeah. So, so maybe I think this was loosely based off that. Story. Maybe I would be I would be hesitant to <laughs> I'd be hesitant to get on board with that only because Sully Sullenberger was a genuine hero. Right. Right. And as but, you find out through the course of this movie, Denzel Washington's character is kind of a shit heel. Kind of. But I mean, even Sully had issues where they basically took him to court to question his like drinking and, of and, course, and your his integrity. focus is in, in his integrity while, and yes, he definitely proved to be a national hero and he was, I think they heightened it for this, in this story. movie. You realize that basically Denzel may, may have been responsible for what right. happened. Um, so while yes, he did save the day. He also was the cause of, right. of the plane malfunction. Um, 
And then you also follow the story of this broken guy who is dealing with various forms of addiction and how he he is his own worst enemy through this entire process. He yeah. continually fuck shit up from him for himself and yeah. like during the whole court proceedings he's like refusing to cooperate and he's making things difficult on yeah. himself and so it turns into this super super interesting character study of this broken person and so this is what i like to call sad dramatic denzel Washington. <laughs> sad denzel yeah so he is playing a broken conflicted human being but not in the badass i'm gonna kick your ass kind right. of way in a, I'm super fucked up and I'm hurting on the inside. Right. And, you know, uh, but I'm not a bad guy in the sense like it's it's not training day. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hurting people but on I'm purpose. An a- but I'm an asshole and I'm I make myself. mistakes. Yeah, yeah. He's a conflicted human. And I really like that. It's a different side of Denzel. He's not a, he is, it, it really asks the question, what is a hero? You know what I mean? Here is somebody who, while technically skilled enough to save the day, yeah. which he was, he was an amazing pilot yeah. in the movie. He also is the cause of it. And right. he also doesn't know how to deal with the fact that, you know, he doesn't want to accept right. the fact that, you know, it's his lifestyle that is causing all of this to happen. We could be heroes. Yeah. Just one Denzel. <laughs> So, uh, definitely one of my favorite Denzel movies. Like I said, yeah. for any of the people who are listening right now, um, used cars, by the way, that was the okay. other R rated Zemeckis movie. Um, but for those who haven't seen this movie, go see it. You will be pleasantly surprised that at it's how funny. much this movie it's will pull so you It's so funny in. that those, most of the reviews that I hear either written down or from people I talk to about it is that. You know, I didn't really know much about this movie going in and didn't expect a lot, but I was really pleasantly surprised by how good it was. Absolutely. I'm su- I, the the phrase I was surprised by how good this was comes up so often in regards to that movie. Yeah, I, and it is yeah. because even when I watched it, I saw the trailer and I was like, "Okay, like this yeah. looks okay." Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, "Well, this yeah. was much better than I was expecting." Well, and this was also coming off a string of Zemeckis movies that weren't that good yes so zemeckis had sort of tried our patience this was right around like beowulf yes uh this was one of his first live action movies after he went down way too deep into the rabbit hole you never go full cg yeah you, like, Just like full he, retard. You never he do it. He moved into the Uncanny Valley and he then did. bought a house there. He did. He built a Monopoly hotel. <laughs> he, and he's the only one living <laughs> That's there. That's it. And so this was one of his... I think this was the first live action one he had done yeah. in a long time. Yeah. And so people were like, I don't know, Z. And actually, speaking of that... Um, it's actually a very visually well shot mm-hmm. movie. Like it's actually a really beautiful movie. Zemeckis is a great director. Right. I mean, like Forrest Gump. Take sure. Forrest Gump, for instance. It's a there. He is a great director. He just got too focused on an avenue that he shouldn't have been focused on. Sure, I one hundred percent agree. You know who else is in this movie? Yeah, good old John Goodman. <laughs> good old Space Goodman. I'm seeing a theme here. I'm see- you know what? They're like the Chris Farley and David Spade of great movies. I was going to say, <laughs> shit. I was going to say the Richard Pryor and uh, Gene, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. You know, either one. I think yeah. they're I think they're synonymous. Um, 
but he's in, I mean, it's got a really good cast. Don Cheadle's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melissa Leo's in this movie. Bruce Greenwood's in this movie. It's got a lot of really, yeah. really solid acting talent behind it. And I have to say, I struggled really hard on whether or not to have this on my list. So I'm glad we get to talk about it because it is one of the top. There's a couple, there's one or two that beat it, but it was a strong honorable mention for me. Well, good. So I'm glad that you like it. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you understand its value as a movie. Um, so, yeah. So basically, this is this is why it, it earned my uh, my number three. I love it. We've only shared one so far, so I like the, the fact that we get to talk and about different films. And it was even films. in a different place. It was. So, um, yeah, roll back through your 543. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with our tops. Nice. So my number five, I got Fallen. My number four, I've got Man on Fire. And my number three, I've got Flight. Flight. I got flight, motherfucker. Awesome. Well, right. I love it. I think we should give people a break, take a quick commercial break, um, and then we'll come back and talk about our... Come on down to the fight store, or we'll punch you in the face. You want to get part of the fights? Yes, you do. And you know... Star Wars impersonators, we can do all your favorite voices. Mm, welcome to the Force, you will. I'm Chewbacca. Roar! My village where people with mongoose faces but that also have human bodies live. Well, you know you've got a problem when you've got to call Captain Buford's Gopher Patrol. Oh goodness! It's Gizzle Wizzle's Horse Radish Fizzies! Gizzle Wizzle's Horse Radish Fizzies! Gizzle Wizzle's Horse Radish Fizzies! They're delicious and also super spicy! Gizzle Rizzle Horse Radish Fizzles! You know you want it in your mouth! Gizzle! Come on down to the unclaimed high school gym locker store. Are you looking for old towels? How about sweaty tube socks? Maybe a jock strap or a chemistry textbook. It's like that suitcase store at the airports, but for high school shit. Fan club, but you didn't know which one? There are too many fan clubs. So join the club for too many fan clubs. You like fan clubs? You want to be part of fan clubs? You love fan club? Be a fan of the fan clubs. I'm mixing up a bunch of songs. I wore my tasseled skirt for a while. Rolling on the jet plane, teen spirit. <laughs> Don't stop the jet spirit plane train. <laughs> Time is on Denzel's side. Yes, it is. But not. Um, it's not on Johnny Depp's side in Nick of Time. No, it's not. Which... <laughs> It was one of those movies I always watched on USA when I was homesick from school, like that. Right. And uh, um, well, you got you know, that Ferris title, Bueller's right? Day Out. You get the title because his character, his name n- character's is Nick. name is Nick. Whoa, right. my god! And the whole movie has <clears throat> to do about uh, being on a time okay. frame. I'm sort of blanking on this, and hopefully you can help me with this. But okay. there was another movie like Nick of Time uh, that I would watch all the time when I was home from school, sick. It was on TNT. Okay. Most of the time, and it's not just one of the guys. Um, it was the one with John Cryer, okay. where he has to go into a witness protection program and then like dyes his hair blonde, and he goes back to a high school. Hmm. Hiding out. Yes. That That's movie it. is so bad, but I've watched it probably 800 times in my life. Uh, amazing. And you know what's weird? I can say that I have never seen that. You movie. have to track it down and watch it. It's one of those, like, 
watch it on USA or TNT when you're homesick from school movies. I will try to do um, that next time yeah. I'm homesick from school. You know who's not in either of those movies? Who's that? John Goodman. He's not Denzel Washington. You know what? Back to Denzel Washington. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we're down to our two and ones. I And and these are... I don't know if a lot of people know this, but these are the, the top, top two. two. The top two and yeah. one. Yeah. These are the best ones. Yep. That's how our there's list works. There's my segwist at work. Man, you are... Um, ugh, it's just so, awe-inspiring to watch you So, should I go into my number two? Yes, Jay. Please All right. Lay your number two upon me. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. So my number two is uh, another Spike Lee joint. Ooh, I like Spike Lee. Malcolm X. Nice. Now I'm gonna admit something to you. I have never seen this. Really? Movie. Nope. Okay. So this is a this is an interesting one, and a lot of people might. Isn't it like seven hours long? It's a. Uh, it's two hours and like. 40 minutes or which something. is odd because nowadays almost every movie is three hours long right but i remember specifically when this movie hit theaters right. people were like holy fuck this is a long movie right well the the thing about it was this movie it took so long malcolm x was such a controversial character sure you know he is very important to the african-american community He's very important to a lot of people individually he's very important to the american islamist Community, yeah, movement. sure, a uh, movement, um, and he's important for what he has done for groups of people. But he is very divisive in his uh, a- approaches to things. Yeah, absolutely, um, and a lot of people say that he is sort of the other side of the coin to Martin Luther King Jr. Whereas Martin Luther King Jr., they were fighting for the exact same thing. Martin Luther King Jr. was dedicated to peace and transition and understanding and knowledge. And Malcolm X is more along the lines of, I'm Outrage. going to force you to do this. And I'm going right. to be angry about he this. He led from a place of outrage as yes. opposed to a place of peaceful and so resistance. This movie took years and years to make. It's based off of a, uh, you know, a book about the life of Malcolm X. I thought you were about to say it's based off of this guy, yeah, Malcolm X. Some dude. Right. Uh, no, it's based off of a book, uh, an autobiography or a biography of Malcolm X. Okay. And it was in production for a, the longest time and no one could seem to get it funded or made just because people were afraid of how it would come off. Sure. And even during the production of it, um, <clears throat> and by the way, Spike Lee, the perfect guy to make this movie because he also comes from that, you know, that idea of I'm going to tell honest stories about my heritage and community. Absolutely. And I don't care if it rubs you the wrong way. Um, <clears throat> and so he was kind of the perfect guy to do this. But even after they got greenlit and they were working on it, people just kept pulling funding and the movie almost died about three or four different times. So Denzel Washington put up his salary for funding. Interesting. And they ended up reaching out and like Oprah Winfrey funded it and Michael Jordan funded it and wow. Bill Cosby funded it from their personal bank accounts. So this they, story they took him off the poster, by they the did, way, right. they're like no longer funded by Bill they, Cosby. They, all the DVDs that were in existence, they, <laughs> they, they took it back. Um, <clears throat> so, it was really tough to get made, but the most interesting thing about it to me is that you don't even have to agree with Malcolm X's politics or his methods 
to enjoy this movie. Sure. It is a very interesting biopic about someone who was a big deal in American history. Of course. And the movie is 100% driven by Denzel Washington, which is why it's my number two. For a lot of people, it would be probably their number one because he is in it from beginning to end, and nothing good happens about that film without Denzel Washington. Okay. Um, so his performance is sort of mind-blowing. To put it in your terms, it, it is biopic Denzel Washington. Sure. It is him portraying a real person and trying to get a story across. Now, it, it came about that Denzel Washington played it because he played Malcolm X on Broadway. And I forget the name of the play, but it, was, it wasn't a play about Malcolm X. He was a character in a play about someone else, but he was playing Malcolm X. And he didn't know much about Malcolm X at the time, but he read like all the biographies about him. He went and found Malcolm X's wife and interviewed her and his family members and read news articles and just studied this character. So coming off of that play performance, he was sort of the perfect person to get in this role. And he's young enough still, you know, this is 1992. So he was Denzel Washington, but he wasn't Denzel Washington. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's just a mesmerizing performance and you don't really even realize and we're trained now to not really care about two and a half three hour movies sure but even at the time i remember when it came out and i just saw it because it was one of those that's like oh i have to see spike lee joins i have to see i'm a cinephile i want to see what's out there and this is getting a lot of attention so i watched it and it's just amazing what he's able to do and it's even more amazing when you realize that spike lee tried to be as accurate as possible for a lot of the iconic scenes like there are some scenes where that they amp up for dramatic effect like there's scenes when denzel washington's malcolm x character is arguing nearly having a fist fight with one of the islamic leaders of you know american islam and that didn't happen it's sure dramatic but a lot of the iconic scenes like there's a scene where you know, Malcolm X is approached at a diner by a white college student. She says, I believe in what you're trying to accomplish. Can I help your movement? And he publicly like berates her and sends her out of the restaurant. Like that really happened. And Malcolm X later went back and said that he regretted it, that she was a good person and he was too caught up in his own thing at the time. But that happened. And there's a scene where, you know, he's standing with an assault rifle and staring out a window and that was a picture on the cover of Time magazine at the time. So a lot of the iconic scenes, um, Spike Lee tries to get as accurate to history as possible. Um, a thing that he said that he did about Son of Sam but did not do in that movie. Um, and John Leguizamo is no Denzel Washington. That is a let's fact. Just, let's just be clear about that. But the reason that it's number two for me is that not only is it a great movie, not only is it an important movie, but it would 100% completely fail without Denzel Washington. Oh, definitely. No one else could do it the way that he did it. And if he wasn't as good as he was, even if he was 10% less as an actor in that movie than what he is, the movie would be unwatchable. And I don't mean to say that anything about Spike Lee, because I think he can you know, make a good movie no matter. <clears throat> but it would not work if Denzel isn't perfect. 
and, I, he's, and he's perfect. I 100% agree with what I'm hearing. Like I said, I, this is definitely a movie that's tops on my list to watch because of just the respect, the respect around the film community for this movie. Um, and you know, normally, uh, historical dramas aren't really my bag, mm-hmm. but I do find, uh, Malcolm X's story in particular very interesting. Right. So it's definitely one that I will check out. And one thing that Spike Lee did that was really interesting is he mixed in real life footage into the movie. So the movie opens with the real footage of the Rodney King beating. Interesting. And then near the end, <clears throat> spoiler alert, Malcolm X gets assassinated, um, after he gets assassinated, there's another like five or 10 minutes of the movie of like flashback clips. Sure. And all the flashback clips are of the real Malcolm X. Hmm. So he actually mixes in like real news stories, real clips, real scenes of hap- the, like world happenings throughout this movie to give it that palpable sense of reality. And it works. It definitely works. Interesting. So that for me makes it an easy number two. And I kind of struggled between it and number one. And to be honest, number one is number one because I just like it better. All right. So my number one, my favorite (laughs) Denzel Washington (laughs) performance is training day. Oh, fuck. So I'll tell you why. Yeah. It is rare to see Denzel Washington be a villain. Yeah, some would say that it almost doesn't happen other than really this movie. It is hard to... Like, there are movies where he is a... Like a douchebag. Moretta Blues. Or there is... Yes. Or there are movies where things that he does are questionable. Man on fire. Sure. But there are few movies where he is out and out the villain. The bad guy in that movie. And he is so good... As the villain in Training Day, that it's such a complete departure, and so this is the villain Denzel. Oh, absolutely. To put it in, to put it in your categories, one hundred percent agree. But man, does he nail it! He nails it so fucking hard, and to basically be sort of a buddy cop movie, to put it in very loose <laughs> Kinda. terms. I mean, it's it takes place over the course of twenty four hours. It's him and Ethan Hawke, who a young Ethan Hawke at the time. No one really cared that much about him when Definitely. that movie came out. This is 2001. So this was after some of the before movies, like before sure. Sunrise. Um, so people knew who he was, but he wasn't as recognizable a name as Ethan Hawke is now. Um, it is just amazing. This is another Anton Fuqua movie. So again, one of... Uh, Denzel staples, if you will, right. is, <clears throat> but it it's also a very good example of how a very good, consistent performance mixed with a couple incredible scenes can make a movie that's just dumbfoundingly good. Training Day is one that I used to describe to people as basically like, you won't like this movie until the last 15 minutes. And then you'll have to watch it again and you'll love it. And I kind of stand by that still because when you watch it, you know Denzel Washington is a crooked cop. You know he's an asshole. But you don't really know how much of a villain he is until the very end. Sure. And the, the, the last 15 minutes are so good. Denzel Washington is so good that it 
it heightens the entire experience of the film and makes you want to watch it again. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Yeah. I mean, and people, a lot of people, you know, the one thing that people remember about it is the whole King Kong ain't got got shit shit on me. Completely improvised by Denzel Washington. Amazing. In the moment, they said, you have to go out on a line that's going to be memorable, that it it's with your character and what he like sums him up, sums up his life belief. And that's what he came up with. And it's like, Oh my God, that's so perfect for this character. And you know, a lot of times what I like to say about these lists is this is my list and I don't care about other people's opinions. But in this case, Denzel Washington has claimed on multiple occasions that Alonzo Harris, his character in this movie, has his has been his favorite character that he's ever played. That doesn't surprise me. And he has said it multiple times. So <clears throat> this one is sort of one that I'm that I can almost declaratively say I know it's number one because Denzel says it's number one. Sure. He says it's the best and his favorite one that he's ever done. So anyone who disagrees. You're disagreeing against <laughs> Prince Denzel. Prinzel. Oh, shit. If you will. Prinzel. Not Prinzel. <laughs> it also um, is sort of one of those movies. It, it got Denzel Washington an Oscar win for Best Actor. Totally deserved. So there again, we have some more validation of a great performance. And also, Absolutely. this movie made Oscar history. Because it was the very first time that an African-American actor won Best Actor for a movie also directed by an African-American. Ooh. First time that's ever happened. I kind of love that. So, I mean, Moonlight this year also gets... No, no. No, Moonlight does not get that. Nope. Um, so, there are other movies that have done it since, but sure. that's the very first time it ever happened. I love it. So, that for me... I, I could talk a lot about Training Day, but I kind of don't want to ruin the allure of the film because yeah. watching the story unfold over those 24 hours and sort of watching it as the rookie trainee through Ethan Hawke's eyes sure. is, is the experience and is what's beautiful about that film. Now, I will not reference the television show that is on... Starring the late Bill Paxton. Yes, that is on television right now because I don't think that it does the movie or the story or the character still developed justice. by Antoine Fuqua. It is, but, and I love Bill Paxton, but I can't, I just can't get behind Yeah, I can't get behind it because Denzel was that movie. This is another one that would fail miserably without his performance. I totally agree. So that for me is why it's number one. I really like it, man. So, I really, really like it. So I'll go back through my five. Yes, please do. Uh, number five is man on fire. Yep. Number four was Philadelphia. Yep. Number three, Mo Better Blues. Mo Better Blues. Number two was Malcolm X. Love and it. number one, Training Day. I'm super into it. So that's my five. I think it's pretty great. I'm enjoying yours so far, so I'm excited to hear your number your number two and your number one. Me, little old Q? Yeah. You want to know what my picks are? I would love that. All right. Well, I'm going to lay it out for you. All right. Here we go. My number two, right off the bat, is The Hurricane. I was wondering if you were going to put this, because you had this on another one of our lists. I sure and did. And I knew it was a Denzel I movie. I fucking love The Hurricane. A lot of people, once again, not a movie that a lot of people have seen. 
I this is one that I think I mentioned that I hadn't seen when we talked about historical movies. Yep. And I still haven't seen it, so I'm excited that it's on your list. The reason that I wasn't sure if it was going to be on your list is we had secluded it down to American history movies. Sure. So I didn't know if that was also a high point for you for Denzel's yes. career or just about American it, history. It absolutely was. It's both. Um, so this is biographical sports drama, Denzel Washington. <laughs> nice. Uh, and this movie... So that re- remember the Titans would fall into that category. Absolutely. Okay. Because he's also been yeah. in biographical sports dramas. Right. Um, but see, that's the thing. You've and got several shades yeah. of Denzel that he does in different ways. Had he starred in Coach Carter, would have also, he would also been <laughs> that would have also been there. Um, so basically, this movie, first off, is about a fascinating story, just on its own, about Ruben the Hurricane Carter. So this guy is a boxer um, who was convicted, now proven innocently, of murder, um, of robbing a, uh, I believe it's, I can't remember if it's a bar or a store. 7-Eleven? Um, but ro- uh, robbing and... Um, a porn store? No. Uh, and basically convicted of murder. And he was given three consecutive life sentences. Jesus. And this dude underwent, like I cannot ex- describe to you the amount of just mental torture that this guy went through. He was in solitary for a long time. He went crazy for a long time. Um, He spent 20 years of his sentence in prison. Um, Now, the movie is fascinating because it tells the story of a young man who finds a book that was written about the hurricane while he was in prison. Um, and I believe it was written by Reuben Carter. Nice. Um, and he finds it in like a 10 cent bin at a flea market kind of thing, reads the book and becomes obsessed with freeing Reuben Hurricane Carter. Now, did that really happen? Is that, that really like, happened? Okay. And um, it basically, he, he ended up becoming freed. Nice. Um, because of this guy? Because of this guy. Because of a lot of the work that the guy did. That's kind of awesome. Um. So, um, it's super fascinating, um, that, uh, they ended up ruling at the end that a federal district court ruled that, uh, Carter's second trial committed grave constitutional violations and that his conviction was based on racism. I mean, it probably, it sounds like it was. And it was. And, um, uh, Bob Dylan has an amazing song called the hurricane. Yeah. This is a story of the hurricane. Um, That tells in detail the entire story of Reuben Carter. I just need to listen. I've heard the song a lot, but I've never listened to the lyrics, as is warrant by my singing of it. um, Because (laughs) I think it hit Florida on that day, (laughs) and it had a lot of rain. And something isn't and the loving's Dave's. Right, yeah, Dave's. Yeah. Um, but it's a fascinating movie. Um, and it gives one of what I consider one of Denzel's best performances, I would say, in his top two performances. <laughs> oh, would you? Would you make uh, that claim? I would. I'd go out on a limb there. Um, to say it's his number two performance, actually. Um, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. I really don't want, like, I know I already kind of spoiled the end, but... I mean, fuck, if you open a, a textbook, 
um, about this, you'll learn that. I mean, the ending is not hard to find because it happened. Right. But it's a fascinating journey to watch, and I cannot express enough how much I don't be- I believe this movie is super underrated. I right. think people – I'm not a big sports drama fan, um, but this movie has everything. I mean, it's a courtroom drama. It's a murder you know, mystery. It's, you know, cause you don't know, did he do it? Did he not right. do it? Um, it's a heartfelt family drama. You know what I mean? About his family falling apart and his life falling apart. And this young guy kind of crusading to help free him. Who plays um, the young guy? I can't remember. Let's see. Uh, it is, uh, Vasilis Rion Shannon. Ah, him. You know him. Yeah. He's been in a whole bunch of the stuff. The old Vasilis. Yeah. Um, he, he was Lesra Martin is the character. Okay. Um, Interesting. I haven't heard of him, but I didn't know if it was going to be like a young, like Lawrence Fishburne or something. No, 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 no. Um, no, it's nobody. I mean, the movie is, is relatively recent. It was 1999. Okay. Is when the movie came out. Now, if I remember correctly, this is one of the times he got, this is a movie he got nominated for best actor for. Wasn't I believe it? so. Yes. Uh, He's been nominated a couple times, like for this. He got nominated for Flight. Um, he got nominated for Fences this past year. Pretty right. sure he was nominated for Malcolm X. And then he won for Training Day. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the cast on this one has got another just really good cast. John Goodman? No John <laughs> Goodman. No John oh, Goodman. Oh, bummer. I don't want to watch it then. But you do have uh, Leif Schreiber is in it. As always, awesome. Yeah. Um, you've got Dan Hedaya. You know him? Yeah. Uh, he's in it. Uh, Clancy Brown. Oh yeah, good old, good old Mr. Krabs. I fucking love from it from SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, but it's, I mean, it's just a really, it's a really well done movie. Um, go see it. Okay. That's kind of my thing. Check I'll, it out. Hey, I like the it. The Hurricane. Also, listen to the song. It's like Sanama, seven minutes. It's like seven minutes long, but totally worth it. Um, all right. So that's it's not that. as long as Tim Heidecker's short song about the Titanic or whatever. That is absolutely true. One hundred percent. Uh, so. Here we go. Number one. My number one is Training Day. Yay! High five. High five. Gypsies. Stay tuned because yeah. that's going to be one, and I'm actually super excited to do that one with you. I'm I'm glad that you agree on this number one because I might have fought you on it, but just because it's the only time he's ever won a Best Actor Academy Award. I agree. Like, it's almost factually accurate that this is his best performance i 100% agree uh training day is just an awesome movie man it is it's gritty it's exciting it's scary and denzel he is scary fucking crushes it he legitimately crushes it and like i said this you absolutely got right this is villain denzel Mm -hmm. um after watching denzel play a plethora of different characters to see him just kind of unleash on a character who is just bad through and through and doesn't have any fucking excuses to be made about it, it's fascinating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it is absolutely fascinating. And, yeah, so I love that movie. I love it for all of the reasons that you said. Uh, we definitely won't mention the TV show, although, you know, I hear mediocre things about it. Um, uh, yeah. It's just not something that I'm super excited about. And I really can't think, like, so all the other ones, you know, villain Denzel, of, of all the Denzel categories that you've sure. mentioned, 
villain Denzel is the hardest one to nail down because maybe outside of American Gangster, I can't think of another time he's played a true villain. And you could make the argument that he's not a true villain in American Gangster. He's just a very smart, dedicated businessman who's happening to be doing something illegal. Yes, I will agree with that. Statement. I can't think of some another thing where he has played a villain, a straight up villain. He hasn't. That is not a thing that exists. Um, and it's amazing to watch him do that. You yeah. Know? Um. So, man, <clears throat> I don't want to go into it much more than that. That's my reveal because we got a whole fucking Jinxies episode now to talk Heck about. Yeah, it. we do. Um. So yeah. So let me roll back through my list here. Uh, at number five, I have Fallen. At number four, I've got Man on Fire. At number three, I've got Flight. At number two, I've got The Hurricane. And at number one, I've got Motherfucking Training, Training Day. Day. And you know what? King Kong ain't got shit on that list. They It really doesn't. Now, now I do have some honorable mentions because yeah, there please. are Denzel is one with such an expansive career. Virtuosity. Oh my goodness. The, right. The cinema classic. Much ado about nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, but come on. Some of them for me that were so close to being on this list. Uh, Crimson Tide, which sure. is uh, just one of my favorite movies, just in general. Just cause. Just cause. And he's so great in that with with Gene Hagman. Um, Glory which a lot of people would reference when they talk about Denzel Washington. He's great in that. Of course. Um, uh, Cry Freedom, he's really good in. Sure. But Inside Man, we've referenced it once I or know. twice. It's, it's a, a really good movie. It is so close to being... That was the one that was like, if it was just a little bit better, and I liked it a little bit more, it would have edged out Man on Fire. All right. It was just his character, and that is so good. I mean, hell, even Unstoppable and Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, he is great in those. Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 is another one where he plays a broken guy at the end of his rope who's just trying to do the right thing. Like, he's been demoted. He has to deal with John Travolta's crazy ass. It's just, he is good in everything. What about uh, John Q? You know... People shit on John Q. I it, fucking love John it Q. It is not a great movie, <coughs> but he is so I tugs, good. I think it tugs at the heartstrings. I think it tugs at the heartstrings a little too much. That's maybe, my critique. Maybe, maybe it just relies yeah. on tugging on the heartstrings. That's where the thing, and the, I want to say, well, it's not believable, but it's based off of a real thing that happened. Sure. I, the thing about that movie is it's overly saccharine. It's overly sentimental in my my point of view. And just the kind of the way that he turns everyone in the hospital um, that he has kidnapped, basically, into being on his side is just a bit stretched. But I will not say that I do not really enjoy watching John Q. Because it, it gets me. It gets me every time. I very much enjoy watching John Q. Um, but I think you're right. After thinking back on it, <clears throat> I think the movie does primarily just rely on the fact that mm. it's a sad story about a yeah. dad going to extreme lengths to save his alien yeah. son. The thing about that movie that I, I don't think gets enough credit is watching Denzel, who was playing a normal, good person, uh-huh. doing something extreme... The layer that he adds on to that character, sort of 
watching you watch him as he sort of realizes what the fuck am I doing? Like it could easily be a guy who's 100% dedicated to doing what he's doing. Oh, 100%. But the the way that Denzel plays him is there's this little edge of doubt in him the whole time of simply not believing and being carried in the drift of the momentum of what he's done. Sure. Sort of giving, getting to a point of no return, almost like a dog day afternoon, if you will. So he does what he does and he gets to a point where even if he wanted to, he couldn't turn back. And you sort of see him deal with the fact that he kind of wants to turn back. Right, yeah. And but that, now he can't because he's past that yeah, point of no return. That to me is what I think is brilliant about his performance in that movie is watching him say, I don't know if I should have done this, but I have to do it now. Right. We've, we've, we're <laughs> invested too much. Yeah. And I love that. And again, it's just a Denzel flourish that i don't think a lot of other people could pull off i agree and you know what we can both coalesce on denzel is a fucking man i love denzel i'm gonna tweet at him if he's on twitter and tell him about this episode please do i want to have i I want him to know how much we respect him. i want to take him to coffee and i I want to buy him a scone yep two i want to buy him his denzel think of your favorite scone close your eyes denzel denzel close your eyes just do it just right Listen now, to close your eyes. Jay's intimidating. I, I know you're not doing it right now. Okay, okay, now they're closed. Imagine your favorite scone. I'm going to buy you two of those. Two of them. So You're welcome. Denzel. That's a promise. If you reach out to us, we will, I'm going to buy you that favorite scone. We're going to do it. I'm going to do it. Fact on us. Do it. You have we to show up to work, just like you. So we need you yeah. to show up to this. <laughs> For your scones. <laughs> For your scones. So uh, so it's good, man. You know what time it is now? It's uh, it's commercial time and then game time. That's right, motherfucker. It's motherfucking Denzel game time. So should we should we plug Bill Murray Bingo? Fuck yeah, let's do it. Okay, so for before we go to the commercial, for everybody who listens, most of you know this already, but if you're in the Nashville area, the last Wednesday of every month, every single month, uh, which actually happened two days ago as of right. when this will be released, yep. we play Bill Murray Bingo at the Crying Wolf in East Nashville. Yep. Now, what you're thinking to yourself is, hey, Jay, what is Bill Murray Bingo? It is literally exactly what you think it is. That it means... Is mer- it is bingo, but instead of numbers, there are Bill Murray movies and characters. Yep. And we say quotes and make funny voices and give funny factoids, and we give out prizes, and it is a fun time with great food and great friends and a lot of beer and we want you to be there. So we do. anyone in the Nashville area listening, mark on your calendar the last Wednesday of every month. We are there no matter what. Rain or shine, snow or uh, apocalypse. Just like the postal service. Yes, we're going to be there. Um, and we want you to be there too. We do. Don't make the Denzels yeah. cry. So speaking of Denzels, we should totally do a Denzel bingo. Denzel. There's like 40 some odd ones. Listen, Denzel. And I'll make this promise. I'll make this creed. If Denzel reaches out to us and says he's coming to Nashville, we'll schedule a Denzel Washington bingo night so he can come play. Sold. So that's my promise. That is is a dual promise from J&Q. Signed, sealed, delivered, virtual. Thanks for joining us here on PBS Radio as we delve into another episode and Behind the Movie Magic. Today's episode is we take an in-depth look at what a Hollywood pitch meeting actually sounds like. Before the movie's made, there's an idea. 
and that idea has to be sold. Let's listen to that process. All right, Mr. Mortimer James, we have we got a great idea for you. I know. Oh, oh man, I'm I, excited. I, I, I know that you guys at Paramount love big movies, and I love, and I know that you love movies that make money. And, we know it. And, and so we're going to pitch to you an idea that we just think it, it, it just kind of blew our mind when we thought about it. It so, did. So here's the log line, and then we'll kind of give you a run by run, a down a download of what the movie's going to be about. So the log line is Ooh, I'm excited. A blind, deaf, and dumb mortician cremates and embalms the wrong body. Right? Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh. So Ooh, chills. Chills, right? You got chills. Yeah, I, I, I am so excited about it. Uh, so basically, yeah, that that's the the premise of the movie. So we're gonna start off. You ready? Scene opens, and uh, in darkness, because that is what the main character sees. Right. So, and if you would envision in your mind like a Ralph Fiennes or a Michael Shannon or a Jonah Hill. Right. Yeah. Just any of those three <laughs> actors. So, um, and 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 because they're deaf, dumb, and blind, don't imagine them. Right. Because it's, it's not very them. important that we want the character of the main the main character to really be th- the audience's in. So right. we want them to really feel what it feels like to be both deaf and blind. Right. And okay, so you remember how successful Tommy for the Who was, right? right. The deaf and blind kid, someone plays me. Yeah, you you love it. it uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great note. Uh, the reason for the darkness at the beginning is uh, if you remember how Wally starts in, in Pixar. Pixar makes a boatload of money. That's and right. You like money. We want to be and, on with uh, them. You know, it doesn't have any dialogue for like the first 25 minutes of the movie and it's considered an art house masterpiece. So for the darkness for us represents getting you into the mind of that character. So the first 25 minutes of this movie, completely black screen, no sound. That's right. And then all of a sudden, mind blown. Boom. The title comes up on the screen. Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) And then, and then you're into it. Boom. Cut, smash cut to interior of a mortician's room. Is that what they call it? A yeah. mortician's room? Yeah. Okay, great. And you've got a body laying right there on the table. And the camera's just real tight in on its pelvic area. Right. Imagine like an Amy Adams or a Kathy Bates. Right. And you realize, you realize that the mortician, we'll call him uh, Jonah Fines right now, yeah. just because, yeah. you know, if, uh, ideal casting, right? Yeah. Um, you realize that it's 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 tied in on the pelvic area because you realize that he doesn't know what part of the body he's putting makeup on, right? Right. So he's actually putting rouge on the, on the pubic area. It's not funny, but I'm just so giddy with excitement at pitching this. Wait. No, I mean, I do understand how that could maybe be taken as a little um, a little overly romantic, but. <laughs> I do think that it really helps to kind of set the tone for the movie. And if you're if you're not comfortable with it, we can easily take out the scene where he's dying the pubic hair gray. Right, because he doesn't realize that the pubic hair is on 
the pubic region as opposed to on the top of the head. Right, right. So he's – you get it. You get it. He, they get it. They right, get you're it. in. You're so in. they, they okay. get it. Right. So what we're really excited about is when he goes in and he's embalming this body, they're not dead. It was just the it was just the receptionist from upstairs who had gone down to take a nap in one of the in one of the chambers. But see, the ironic, uh, the the real ironic part of the story happens because he is deaf and blind. He doesn't realize that. So instead, he has inadvertently become a murderer, and that's the real conflict. Is because he really didn't mean to. It's it's yeah. the most accidental murder on screen. And the first the first thing he does is give them a shot. That numbs their whole body. Right. So even the fact that she's screaming the whole time <laughs> for her mommy, he can't hear and he can't Doesn't see. Doesn't that, that just tug at your heartstrings? He he can't see that her eyes are open and a single tear Ugh. is rolling down her cheek. Because you know what? Aren't we all truly blind to society's injustices? We are is the answer to that question. We are. And as America, we are blind to women. <laughs> and that's really the And that's whole, what we're trying to that's say. That's really the whole point. You know, if you take the the title Hello Darkness, my old friend, um <laughs> No, no, we have some we have some secondary titles. So, if we don't think we can get the rights to that because of uh, of of, you know, the liabilities insurance, the other one we thought of is um Shut up and die. Okay, so you like yeah. that one better. Good. Shut up and die. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, we did have a couple others in the pipeline. One of which being, I can't see you, but I can feel you. And um, I, I think, I think the last one, which wasn't our favorite, it was sort of on the cutting room floor. Uh, was the cutting room floor? But that wasn't the last one. Because remember, the last one was murder. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's right. He's right. So, but because we, it's it's like, is it murder? Right. Because he doesn't mean to. He's, he's a, a very well-meaning mortician, yeah. and and his his mother is played by you know an, this older woman who constantly gave him love. Imagine Jeffrey Tambor or James Gandolfini. Now that one's going to be a little more difficult, but we are thinking the Grand Moff Tarkin route since that worked out in right. Rogue One. We're thinking that maybe we could just up the budget a little bit and just have a fully CG right. James Gandalf. And if you don't like that, Tom Sizemore. And he is available. I checked with his agents before we came to this pitch meeting. 100% available. And by agents, we mean the meth dealer behind the Kinkos off Route 70. Who said we could have access to him pretty yeah. much whenever we wanted to. Right. He's got a beeper number and that's about it. That's it. So so the way that this movie really comes is he has to he has to grow as a character, right? So what he starts doing is he starts taking eyes from bodies and giving himself transplants to give himself sight. Right. But unfortunately, that doesn't work mainly for a couple of reasons. One, he really doesn't have any medical background at all. Uh, but two, he can't see or hear any part of his own surgery. Right. And so for most of the movie, he's just inserting testicles into his eye sockets. Which is really unfortunate. But it's we're really trying to give that sympathetic angle to the character where it's like, oh, yes, he did kill yeah. this this innocent person. But he's kind of punishing himself yeah. already by which, inserting <laughs> testicles into his Which eyes. we threw out the title of Test Eyes. 
You love it? Denzel, 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 Washington, Game time, game time. That's uh, that's the that's the new game time theme. You're welcome. Oh, I hate, I hate that. <laughs> I hate it so much that I love it. Oh, so uh, it is game time now. It so is game time. We are going to play uh, a Denzel Washington themed game that. I have to give credit to you for because you came up with this concept and the name of it, what? which I'm very, which I'm very proud of for you. I can make um, you proud. So the 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 game is called John Who. Uh huh. And we're going to say Denzel Washington movie quotes. Yep. And then the other person has to guess the movie that it's from. Yes. Originally we were going to do characters, but we don't remember enough of the uh, character names. names. Uh, so that was going to be tough. So we're at least going to do just movies. Sure. And uh, should we do one after another? Or should we do? I do all three of mine. I say you, you do all... three, and then I'll do three. Okay. So, um, and I would say do your best Denzel Washington impression um, while we do I'm, the quotes. I'm super into that. So I have terrible ones, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm into it. So uh, I think uh, I think this first one you may get, but uh, I'll do it anyway. Okay. Hate put me in prison. Love's going to bust me out. Uh, that's the hurricane. Yeah, I figured. Faux show. <laughs> I figured you'd, you'd know that one. Faux right. show. Okay. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. <laughs> that is Malcolm X. That is Malcolm X. I haven't X. seen that movie, but I know that saying yeah. from Malcolm X. Yeah. Well, a, a lot of, I put it in here because a lot of people know that saying, but not where it's from. I love it. And so uh, here's the last one. I shall see thee ere I die. <laughs> Look pale with love. That is much ado about nothing. It is. You're three for three. Three for three, You're son. three for three. I know Denzel. Yeah, Denzel is within me. Now I'm going to be very embarrassed if I don't get any of these. All right, here. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, starting off. Don't bullshit the bullshitter. That the, is that the whole thing? That's the, that is the quote. Don't bullshit the bullshitter. Uh, um... Is that Mo Better Blues? Nope. It's a movie we've talked about a lot on this episode. Is it Training Day? Nope. Man on Fire? Nope. He's going to list. Yeah, I'm just going to list all of the filmography. I'm just going to list all the ones we've talked about. Man. You want me to give it to you? Yeah. Inside Man. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Sorry. I made mine a little tough. Yeah, you did. That's like. That that quotes in eight hundred movies. All right, I almost said uh, Gecko Green. I'm gonna add in Gordon Gecko. I'll give you a second one. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a redo, a mulligan, if you will. Okay. So here we go. We ante up and kick in, sir. But I still don't want to carry your flag. Glory. That is correct. Yay! That one I knew. Nice. All right. Here we go. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop Remember a pass, the Titans. you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts, and then you will run a mile. Perfection. Let's go to work. Yeah. Remember the Titans. Yes. Uh, I played football in high school and have basically memorized that movie. Um, I remember the. There's one line that I remember very well. It's a, ain't no mountain high <laughs> enough. Ain't no valley low enough. 
ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you, baby. Yeah, that was awesome. And I always like that because a lot of people forget Ryan Gosling's in that movie. And he's in that scene just like snapping along right. in the background. It's really Definitely. goofy looking. So 100%. Now this one, this is your last one. Okay. You get this one and we're tied three for three. Okay. Forgiveness is between them and God. It's my job to arrange the man on fire. That is right, motherfucker. Yeah. High five. Well we know done. we love and we know Denzel. We do. We love you, Denzel. So we're that's big fans. That's it. That's this episode has been our singular high five love letter to Denzel Washington. It really Washington. has. And honestly, this episode is dedicated to Denzel Washington. To the memory of Denzel. Yeah. Who's still living. <laughs> right. Very, is, who's very is, much still alive. Well, as of this recording, yes. Is very, very much, much still alive. Very much still alive. And we hope to be alive for many for generations. For many years too. and to continue making movies. We hope he gets to that Sidney Poitier level of That's life. That's right. Just keeps on going. Yeah. Just keeps on going. <laughs> so, Denzel, we love you. We at High Five love yeah. and respect you. And, Denzel, if you want to connect with us online, yeah, you can go to, how can you do it? You can go to our website, which is highfivethepodcast.com. That's or, all letters, no numbers. Yep. Or, Denzel, if you are on Facebook, you can become friends with us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com slash highfivethepodcast. That's right. Um, or, if you are on the Twitter, uh, we definitely will be tweeting at you with this yes. episode. And we are at High the number five, the podcast. That's right. Um, and people can find us, uh, including you, Denzel. You can yeah. listen to our podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music Store, Stitcher, just about anywhere else that you can find and download iTunes yeah. or I, uh, excuse me, podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. But for those of you, especially on iTunes and Google Play Music, do us a favor. You like the show? And Denzel, we're speaking directly to you. Directly right now. to you. You like the show? Reach out and leave us a rating. If I look and see a comment on our iTunes as at Denzel underscore Washington, and then a good, like a five-star review, I can die a happy man. Yep. We That's both... my Morgan Freeman bucket list. That is Jay's Morgan Freeman bucket list. Uh, so, yes, let's do it. Go on there. If you like the show, we'll keep yeah. giving you the free funny. We have no problem with that. But just give us that five-star rating. Yeah. Please, and that's for that. That gets really everybody helps. out there. It really, it really makes a difference for us and the show. So, if you like what you hear, please give us a review. Um, also, Denzel, if you like movies, uh, we are on Letterboxd as well, yeah, which we is uh, letterboxd.com. Uh, we've given your movies very high ratings, and we we like with a little heart all of them. So, if you're on Letterboxd, which we highly encourage, if you like movies as much as we do. Um, check out that social network. It's really cool. And we are on there playing a lot of catch up with a lot of movies that we need to be reviewing and, and that need to be talked about. That's right. And you know what? To end this episode, I'm going to end it with a line from John Q. I am not going to bury this podcast. This podcast will bury me. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.